Welcome to Driven to the Cross, a broadcast from Christ Covenant Church in McAllen, Texas. We are so blessed to have you listen to us today. I am Dr. Alfred Fisher, the pastor at Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen. And I want to thank you for, one, tuning in, but two, giving us consideration for prayer. And if the Lord wills that you would come visit us on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at 1320 West Nolana Avenue. Let us pray this morning. Our Father in heaven, Father, we come before your throne, your very mercy seat, to make petitions, Lord. Father, we, we come and we ask you to Forgive our nation, heal our land, revive our souls, O oh God. You would breathe a fresh breath upon us, Lord. Lord, cause the old dry bones to be knit together again and be full of life. Lord, would you cause your Holy Spirit to move mightily through this land? Will you cause hearts to be quickened for you? Will you please, Lord, bring our leaders to a place where they worship you, honor you, and revere you, that we would once again have a godly nation, that we would once again have people who fear you, Lord, who worship you, who adore you, who value the things that you value, Lord, who love you. We thank you for your extended mercy upon us. Lord, we don't merit your grace. We recognize the sinfulness of our nation. We have a multitude of sins. And Lord, your word says that you are slow to anger. And we pray, Father, that you would continue to be slow to anger and that you would bring wholesale repentance, that we might turn from our sins as a people and once again worship your holy name. I ask you to bless this broadcast and all those who hear it that it would go forth, Lord. That it would be sharper than two, any two-edged double-sided double sword. And Lord, remove the sin from us as we seek to remove the iniquity from our land. For we know that you walk among us. Please bless this time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, I spoke about a lady by the name of Hannah, and I want to speak to you today about her son, Samuel. I've titled this message, Asleep Before the Mercy Seat. Let me say that again, Asleep Before the Mercy Seat. Dear friends, I think that today it would be safe for us to state that our nation as, as people are asleep before the mercy seat. What does that mean? Simply this, we have grown so accustomed to our luxury, so accustomed to the materialism, so accustomed to everyday things that make us comfortable and happy 
that we have lost a reverence for God. We have drifted away from the fear of the Lord and the holiness of that awesome God. And it's not something that happens overnight. It is something that has happened over a course of years. I think there was a turning point in the 1960s and into the 70s when we had the Vietnam War, we had the Women's Liberation Marches, we had different events that caused our eyes as people to shift from being focused on God to a riotous nature. You see, during the at the height of the Vietnam War, when we had a draft in this nation, and soldiers were being drafted, at the same time there was a rise of people feeling called into the ministry. Why? Because if you were in clergy, you couldn't be drafted. And the other side of that coin is, well, people say, well, look, that, that is a mark that, oh, Christianity was on the rise. Well, no. It was people who didn't want to go and fight for their nation. And so they turned to the churches, and the churches were ecstatic because their discernment was low. They were just overwhelmed that people were suddenly feeling this call into the ministry, and they were going to seminary. And the church thought, great, we're going to have revival in this land. We're going to have people who are proclaiming the gospel. We're swelling our ranks. But the problem was, a large portion of those people were not believers. And so they went to seminary. They got their degrees. Many of them became teachers and professors. And as such, they had the opportunity to teach what they wanted. Well, now we start to see the fruit of having agnostic and atheist professors in our seminary. And as such, even in some of our churches, because the people who are trained by those professors have been in the pulpits. You see, it's nothing new. Nothing new under the sun. The same thing was taking place, the spiritual darkness was taking place at the time that Samuel was alive. And it happened before he was alive. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. And this is an amazing chapter because here we have the call of Samuel. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. Mark those words. And it came to pass at the time when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel was laid down to sleep. Now, if I were to stop there, you would say, oh, that's a, you're talking about an old man who's going blind. But you know what's interesting is that candle, that light in the, the temple, it would be lit at twilight, and it was supposed to burn through the night, so it would never go out. 
But there's something more here. You see, Samuel, remember, he was the child of Hannah. And from a young age, after he was weaned, he was presented to Eli, and he began to minister, to serve in the temple. He began to learn the things of the temple, to minister before God. He would serve Eli and Hophni and Phinehas. And so he would do the work. And so he learned obedience, and he learned to be religious. He was learning the things. But a young child, he had a desire. Listen to what comes next. Samuel was asleep. He was asleep in the house of God. My friends, that's not uncommon today, is it? Well, there's always a joke going around about somebody sleeping in church or afraid of, being, of snoring. And you can always look out in the congregation and see a, a wife elbowing her child or elbowing her husband just to make them wake up. But listen to what happened here. That the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou hast called us me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went to lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst called me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. And listen to verse 7. And Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Brothers and sisters, how many times do we sleep spiritually in the house of God? How many times do we go to what we think is calling our attention. You see, Samuel was being an obedient servant. He was being an obedient child. He was running to the one who had authority over him. He was running to the one who he was told he had to serve. Now, my friends, does that sound familiar? I hear from people who tell me, Pastor, I think I'm being called into the ministry. And I tell them, that's good. Do you know the Lord? And many of them will say, well, I'm new, uh, but I have a passion. I want to serve. I want to know. I feel like I should preach and tell everybody. Well, that's not an uncommon response, my friends. Most people who when they first come to know Christ, they want to go and testify the things that God has done. We see evidence of that in the New Testament. We can look and, and see the man who was possessed by legion. We can go and see the woman who had been married, uh, the woman who was at the well and was living with a man. And we can see all these different things all these different people and these testimonies, and we can look through the annals of history and we can record the same thing. But my friends, if the church is not awake and not ready to disciple, then we have a problem. If the church is not fulfilling the Great Commission and keeping the people where they need to be by teaching them, baptizing them, instructing them, then we have a problem. Eli had a spiritual problem. 
You say, well, he was the high priest. What kind of spiritual problem could he have? Apathy. He had a spiritual darkness. He was not, he was blind both physically and spiritually. Twice this young man, Samuel, came to him out of obedience and said, Here am I, you have called me. And Eli said, I did not call you. And then it's recorded here in 7 that it says that, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Why wasn't it revealed when he's serving in the house of God? My friends, it's because we oftentimes get so busy in our religiosity and every single day life that we forget to get into the Word of God and to instruct those around, our children and raise them up accordingly. We forget to train them up in the way that they should go, that when they are old, they will not depart from it. We forget to help them acquire the taste of the Gospel. Now listen, Eli wasn't a dumb man. He wasn't stupid. He was just old and busy. Listen to this. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. You see, it's through the perseverance and the faithfulness of, of Samuel, of, of running to the one who he was learn, supposed to be learning from. It took those three times for Eli to say something to him. For Eli to recognize, wait a minute, God's speaking. He's calling this young boy. And for him to then give for them, him to then give Samuel instruction. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So simple, isn't it? So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now listen to what happens next. You see, the simple instruction to this child about what it is he was to do. God was calling. Three times God called towards Samuel here, and it took those three times for Eli to recognize that God was moving. My friends, it's really no different in our churches today. If we are honest, if we are sincere, we would say, we're just like Eli. It takes us a while. We're kind of slow to catch on to the things in which God is doing. Initially, we get caught up in everything going on around us and we forget that we serve a sovereign God and that He is still in control. Now listen to the obedience and what happened. The, the privilege, the privilege that took place for this young boy Samuel listen to this in verse 10 and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times Samuel Samuel 
Then answered Samuel, Speak, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel, at which both the ears of every one that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. Imagine here, if you will, this young boy, the Lord came and stood and called to him, and he was he answered, and then and then to hear this decree from the Lord, I will perform all things against Eli. Well, Eli is the one who's supposed to be teaching him. Eli is the one who is supposed to be guiding him, discipling him, teaching him to minister in the house of the Lord, teaching him to have an active part in the service of the kingdom of God. My friends, that's a dire warning for all church leadership. That is a dire warning for every pastor. That is a dire warning for every deacon, every elder, every Sunday school teacher, every nursery worker. My friends, my friends, that should terrify you. For the Lord told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. My friends, this is a warning to parents. Train up your child in the way which they are to go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. You see, Hophni and Phinehas had made themselves vile before God for the thing that they were doing, their lack of respect and reverence and their lack of care for the house of God. They are viewing it as their own piggy bank. They fed their gluttony and their idolatry. They fed their lusts and all their vile passions that God abhorred and should have no place in the house of God. No place in the ministers of God. Now, now listen. Listen, my friends. God takes worship seriously. God takes service seriously. He takes your relationship with Him seriously. Look at what happens next. And Samuel lay until the morning. I don't think he slept much. It says he lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Can you imagine this first test that Samuel had to endure? The very first one. He had to tell his mentor what God had told him. He had to tell his mentor the judgment of God. My friends, when God calls you into the ministry, it can be very painful. When God calls you into His service, it can be very painful. It can be humbling. 
But here's the very first test. Samuel had to live there. He was committed. He had been promised by God to his mother. And his mother kept a vow that Samuel, her son, would serve God all the days of his life. And now, he has to go and tell his mentor what God had decreed. I can imagine his little heart beating very fast. I can imagine the trepidation. But listen to what what happened. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee and more also, if thou hide anything from me of all the things that he said unto thee. So here we have Eli and he is expressing authority. He wants to know What was God saying to this little boy? Why wasn't I informed? I'm the high priest. Why wasn't I told? And so he tells Samuel, Son, don't lie to me. You better tell me everything because I know that God will do to you exactly what he said if you don't tell me, if you hide anything from me. And so here Samuel, who is afraid to talk to Eli because of what God had said, now has been warned by his instructor. And Samuel told him every wit, meaning everything. He had resigned himself to God, and he had submitted to the authority of those placed over him, and hid nothing from him. And he said, It is the Lord. Let him do what seemeth good. And here's the thing. When the truth is spoken, a heart is convicted. My friends, if you attend a church and that church does not bring conviction upon your soul for the sin in life and cause you to cling unto the cross of Christ and love the Word of God and have a holy reverence and fear for God, then you're not in a church. You're in a country club. You're in a church that calls itself a church, gathers together and sings good songs. But if your pastor is afraid to offend you, afraid to step on your toes, afraid to tell you the truth of the Word of God, run from that place and find a place. Find a place. Find a place where you can come and be in a right relationship with God because the value of your soul is beyond measure. Now, my friends, listen to what happened next. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. You see, Samuel, through his obedience to the things of God, to the word of God, 
gained understanding. And people began to recognize that God was moving in the life of Samuel. Now, my dear friends, my friends in Christ, that divine favor doesn't mean he was without trouble. It means that people recognize that the hand of God was upon him. And it meant that revival was starting to take place. It meant that the authority of God was being made known through this young man. God was moving. Now, my friends, is God moving in your life? Can people look at you? Can they say that the Word of God is revealed in you? Can they say that the hand of God is upon you? Do people see God in your life? Do people come to you when there is trial and trouble? Do they want wisdom and counsel? Do they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God is in you? If not, you might be like Eli. And it's time to repent before the judgment of God comes. Now, my friends, I have to close this message today with our time constraint. And I ask you humbly, come visit us at 1030 at 1320 West Nolana Avenue at Christ Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. We would love to meet you. We would be honored to have you in our midst. We would be blessed to be able to pray with you. You can send us a message on our Facebook page, Christ Covenant McAllen, or on Facebook, or you can go to our website, ChristCovenantMcAllen.org, and you can see previous sermons. You can send us an email. You can reach out. You can even donate there to support this ministry. But we would love to invite you and have you come fellowship with us on Sunday at 10.30 in the morning. So not long after this broadcast airs, you still have time to make it over and come to church and hear a more detailed message. Hear one the full length and meet some wonderful, loving Godly people who have a desire to serve Christ and fear God. So would you consider doing that today? I thank you for listening. May God bless you. May God keep you. And may God be seen in your life. God bless.